In this podcast, Wayne Bruce talks to Dr. Lachlan Henderson, the Group Chief Executive of Epworth Healthcare. Lachlan, uh, good afternoon. Thanks very much for your time today. Yeah, thanks a lot, Wayne. I'd like to, we, obviously, we're going to have a, a bit of a discussion about your career and, and your views on certain aspects of the healthcare sector. I'd like to start by asking what prompted you to uh, study medicine when you obviously left school and, and also whether that's been in retrospect a good career move for you. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there was any great uh, career plan. Um, I didn't come from a medical family. A number of people uh, sort of follow uh, family members in, into a medical career. Um, I come from a family of school teachers, so well-educated folk. But um, no, I, I think I, I enjoyed health and science as subjects at school and, and maybe had a little bit of aptitude in that area, but um, probably fell into, into studying medicine. But it's a great career to have embarked upon, a uh, pretty, uh, pretty lengthy course of study. And as I reflect back, I, I think um, I've now got a daughter studying medicine uh, in Perth and I think of the hoops that they have to go through to get into the course and I don't not sure whether I'd be a candidate these days you need uh, you need much smarter all-rounders than me you've obviously you know you moved from working and uh, I get obviously initially as a clinician into a su- sort of succession of um, you know more general management leadership roles probably culminating in the role you're in now at the Epworth so what made you decide to move, you know, aside from clinical and focus on on different aspects? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed working as a general practitioner. In fact, I did it full time for over a decade. So, in terms of management roles, I was a bit um, later to uh, to the career than than many with a similar background. I think, it, in retrospect, it, it's actually proved to be a very good move for me. I, I through the general practice career, got a very good um, overview of, of, of healthcare issues generally. Um, you know, it's often said the GPs are the, the jack of all trades and, and the master of none, and that's possibly um, not, uh, not respectful enough of, of the important role that GPs play, but it does indicate that you get a good overview of, of all aspects of healthcare. And when you're taking on roles in hospital hospitals maybe on the other side on the management side um, it's very helpful to have been you know admit an admitting GP someone talking to doctors talking to hospitals trying to move your patients through the system and and now to have some uh, control if you like on the other side of of those issues um, the background as a GP has been very helpful. Mm. And have you found there's been you know one or a couple of roles that have sort of influenced your career more than others? Um, I, I think I've always had good mentors. So as a, as a younger GP, it was some of the, the, um, the more experienced general practitioners uh, in the practice. And I think it's really important when you start off in a role, you, you look at people who've got the experience and you, you soak up whatever information they can give you, um, sometimes, you know, good and bad. Um, in terms of uh, the people who inspire me now, if I reflect on the last 12 months, it's it's absolutely the people at the front line. You know, we've had uh, a very tricky period here in Victoria, um, a very challenging 12 months. And, you know, I think of what our frontline nurses, doctors, you know, allied health practitioners and others put themselves through last year at a really uncertain time. Uh, many of them exposed themselves to 
um, to risk that they wouldn't have anticipated, you know, when they were embarking on their careers. Um, Epworth played a significant role in the aged care response in Victoria, including, you know, on days when aged care had very unwell COVID patients and had no workforce to look after them. So, you know, if I look for inspiration, I, I don't think it's people in in the roles that I'm occupying. It's it's really the people who are who are looking after our our patients. Epworth is obviously a large, you know, not-for-profit private group and sort of branched out into university as well academic aspects and you know, increasingly into mental health and areas such as that. But so what's the, without giving away any trade secrets, of course, um, what do you see as the future direction and development of the group? Yeah, so Epworth's, uh, you know, somewhat of an iconic brand in Victoria. We... Um, uh, somewhat coincidentally celebrated our centenary year in 2020, which uh, didn't quite go as well as we uh, we might have anticipated. I think along with Qantas, we had our centenary year during uh, during the pandemic. But you know, it's that longevity. We've got a we've got a good brand. Um, we've got very much a traditional way of operating our hospitals, and I suppose the challenges in our sector for not only for Epworth but for others operating private hospitals are how do we respond to, to changes in models of care? You know, there's a, a, a rise in day surgery versus overnight stays in hospital. Um, patients' expectations are changing. You know, digitisation is, uh, is impacting what we do. Um, and hospitals um, wouldn't be any secret to know that we're a bit behind on, on the digitisation pathway. So one of the challenges for us is, is not just to have great facilities and, and Epworth's expanded, you know, 30 or 40% in size in the, in the last decade, having been around for a hundred years, but how do we innovate? How do we look after patients, not just in our traditional, you know, bricks and mortar facilities, but how do we link to care closer to home, you know, care out of hospital and how might, how might an investment in digital technology enable that? So, I mean, there's some of the some of the challenges that we, as a as a large organisation in Victoria, face. Yeah, well, I did want to ask you that. It was only in the paper a couple of days ago, or rumoured that in the budget, that uh, home care is going to get a huge increase to the order of billions of dollars in response to the Aged Care Royal Commission. Obviously, all the uh, governments are wanting to have an increased uptake of hospital in the home. South Australia have are doing that in a big way at the moment, for example. Um, do you see the Epworth might move into that space? Yeah, I mean, we already already provide uh, hospital in the home services out of our Richmond facility, although not, not on a big scale, but that has been, you know, going for 20 years. How much more broadly we provide that, um, to some extent, links to how it's funded as well. It's, it's sometimes hard for traditional hospital operators to get the funding that's required to be able to be the sole provider of, of in-home care. Um, I think we'll look at all opportunities, um, both broadening the role that we play, but also partnering with others. You know, we're, we're obviously interested in great outcomes for patients. We'll play the role that we need to play. We know our strength is in, in hospitals, in, in um, you know, surgical, medical, facilities, um, maternity, more recently for, for Epworth, uh, rehab and mental health. So, you know, as well as those traditional strongholds, we'll, we'll look at what, what else we can do in terms of out-of-hospital care. And, 
it's really good to hear that government um, have recognised it and, uh, and are looking forward to, to funding it in the next budget. Mention the impact of digital technology. What what do you see just in a in a sort of an umbrella or helicopter sense? I mean, what are the big things that are impacting healthcare from a digital perspective, both now and what you perhaps foresee into the future? Yeah, I mean, there's several aspects of it, and as I've mentioned, hospitals are a bit, are a bit behind. I've I've made the comment here a few times that in in 2007 when I left general practice I left a, a paperless office and you know 14 years later in hospitals we're, we're a long way off the pace so I think there's a there's a digital experience part that we need to improve and that requires an investment so that you know our patients and our doctors are not forever filling in data there's another side of digitization where Epworth has been a leader and that's in terms of clinical digitization technology robotics so investment in equipment and that's uh, that's you know changed landscape of, of healthcare over the last couple of decades and then there's artificial intelligence and, and all the things that much smarter people than me know a lot more about, but that's impacting clinical care as well. The access to, to new ways of doing things, to, um, to evidence that supports decision-making. All of these are aspects that are part of a, a broad digital strategy. And I think I've changed my thinking over the years. You know, I thought it was all about an electronic health record and, you know, maybe that was the, the digital panacea, if you like, but there's so many other aspects to it. And, and Epworth's adopting a, a sort of a problem-solving approach to digitisation where we're asking our doctors, our patients, you know, what are the things that are impacting you and how, how might we, you know, develop solutions uh, within a budget to, to assist. So... Yeah, plenty to consider, Wayne. And, you know, we haven't even touched on things like wearables and, you know, how, might, how we might better coordinate the care of our patients um, enhanced by technology that's available. I certainly know the data through EMR is, is very exciting to people in public hospital system and the universities because, you know, they're, they're building up reams of information now that they can cut and slice in so many ways to look at basically improving patient safety and, and, and clinical outcomes and then usually find as a sort of a corollary of that, it's actually more efficient and saves cost. Yeah, and, and what we do need, though, um, picking up on that commentary, is we need systems, though, that link patients through primary care, specialist practice, you know, public hospitals, private hospitals, and out into the community. And at the moment, we've all got our own, you know, bespoke and, and other, you know, technology solutions that don't necessarily talk to each other. And I know that's been government's priority through things like the My Health Record and increasing digitisation, but if systems around the world that work between primary care and, and hospitals and, and save money, they have invested in those platforms that, you know, make that data transfer that you're referring to um, a lot, lot, a lot easier than it, than it is today. Look, I want to ask you about diversity and inclusion. That's obviously a, an important issue. Just in terms of the uh, perhaps boards you've been on and the boards you've worked to and the companies that you've been involved with, how have you seen that evolve and how are people dealing with it now, do you think? 
Yeah, I think um, it's it's a really important area, and and Epworth does pretty well. We, I mean, we have a, a workforce that's eighty percent female, so we need to ensure that the governance of the organisation, to some extent or to a large extent, reflects our workforce. We do practice what we preach. I, I did the statistics on our board, and um, in a board of nine uh, at Epworth, six are female, and uh, and the board president, the role that I report to. Uh, Mary Jane Crabtree, obviously, as well. So um, it's an area where we think it's important. It's an, it's an area, not just at board and executive, and my team has a number of very capable females as well. You do need to look at the data. You do need to look at how you're going. Um, and we, as an organisation, are, are much more intentional um, in looking at our data and, and acting accordingly. An example being our medical leadership roles and, and Epworth, I don't think would be any exception, historically dominated by males. And um, so our, a number of our recent appointments have, um, have really targeted the, the talented females of which there are many in our organisation and with great results. And I mean, the other thing to, to maybe just reflect upon thinking about diversity is it's not all about gender either it's you know all other aspects of, of diversity in our workforce and we're very active in in making sure that we have a, a culture that promotes a diverse and talented workforce where you know where everyone feels very welcome at work and and hopefully looks forward to coming to work as well when you're recruiting for a senior level talent in the organization whether that's on the corporate executive side or also into those medical clinical leadership roles and so on what, what are the key things you you look for in people obviously there'll be technical skills that will be relevant depending on what the job is but in a more generic sense you know in terms of culture fit and and people that you found perform what are the things that are important to you yeah, I mean it's it's always tricky because we're in a we're in an environment in healthcare and in private healthcare where there's significant competition for talent. So we like to get all rounders. We like to get people who've got good good background and and good experience. You know, we'll look at where they've um, where they've worked in the past, what experience they've they've uh, gained in those roles, and and obviously their ticket of entry is their, their qualifications for the role as well. So, you know, there's a lot of talented people out there at the moment, and, and sometimes it is it is hard to, to differentiate um, between people just looking at CVs. So, you know, we, um, we actively uh, use people such as yourself, Wayne, and, and recruiters for, for looking at markets of people to ensure that we're... we're um, we're getting access to the the best talent that's available out in the market. You know, and we also use a variety of modalities in terms of recruiting people. So, you know, interviews and and other and other ways of of um, of checking their credentials and and making sure that they're the right fit for the role. And you know, we've been really pleased. We've had a bit of turnover in senior executive roles uh, in my time at Epworth, and and uh, and made some really key and uh, and talented appointments. To close off the conversation, Mike, I'd like to ask you whether you've got any particular tips for the younger generation out there that are looking to develop their career. What would be your advice? I'm not feeling that old, uh, Wayne, but uh, I know maybe maybe a couple of bits of advice. I think one um, one thing is to back yourself. I, I remember when I missed out on a role a while back and um, a wise person said to me if you if you're not missing out on enough roles you're not you're not putting out yourself out there enough so I think um, healthcare people tend to be pretty 
conservative. They've often been, uh, you know, um, clinicians have, have generally done reasonably well in their career and maybe not had to interview too often. So, you know, I think one of the things is to, is to back yourself. Don't, don't be afraid to fail and, uh, and to seek out opportunities. The other thing is, you know, your ticket of entry is to be, to have the appropriate qualifications, you know, to make sure you can't control, you can't control the opposition in, in terms of applying for roles, but you can, you can control what you do in terms of, you know, your experience and, and your qualifications. I mean, the other tip in, in terms of leadership is not not to try and be someone you're not so look at the people around you I think learn learn from those you work with but be true to yourself and make sure that 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 guides your your leadership style as well very good well thank you for your time today appreciate it no worries thanks Wayne good to chat